0: Well, hello, it's Heather again, and we are here at Eavesdrop, and today I have two wonderful friends who I am so excited to introduce you to. I have Trey and Melody Lovern, and we go back a pretty good ways. We we met just a little bit after college at a wonderful church here in Birmingham, and We kind of just started that journey together, and they got married and um, started to live out their lives, and um, a couple years later, I got married, and it was just a really great time in our lives, Um, and so I'm I'm really excited to bring them in today and let you hear kind of where they've been in the last 20 years and what God has done in their lives. you know, they, they have a great story. And what I love about their story is that it, it really highlights the power of God and the redemption of two people who came together and what God can do together and separately, and then as a marriage that is broken, laid out before um, God and others, and then redeemed. So I'm looking forward to it. Um, they have a ministry, and um, you can find their ministry on the web. It is at www. Route1520.com. That's R-O-U-T-E 15. The, the numbers 1520.com. And it's the journey home. And I just love it. So thanks so much, Trey and Melody, for visiting with us today. Well, thank thanks for
1: having us. us. We're glad to be here.
0: Oh, you guys, I'm so thrilled for this. Um, it has been a long time in the making, but we have such a collective, powerful mm. uh journey of redemption, and mm. I'm I'm so glad to have y'all here. Um, I want to just open it up and let y'all start talking about what I love about your story is scandalous grace. Mm-hmm. I mean, kind of tell me what that is. What is a scandalous kind of grace?
1: Yeah. Well, I um, I realized um, after I started a journey of recovery uh, for myself, um, probably about in two thousand two, two thousand three, um, that even though I'd preached about grace uh, for years and years, I'd really missed uh, what grace was really all about and and that really um was the catalyst for a paradigm shift uh for me that that ultimately uh, allowed a uh, reconciliation in our life and I know we're going to get into our story more later but um um The scandal of grace, um, grace, honestly, for me, never was a scandal because I never thought I needed much grace. Mm -hmm. Um, The the public persona that I um, so uh, cleverly and delicately uh, managed, um, really for 30 years, managing a reputation was really my Christianity. Mm. Um, I thought that... uh, incorrectly, I thought that I had to protect God's reputation. Uh, I had to be a good witness. Uh, and in my story, I started preaching when I was in high school in a very small town. Mm. And a small town when everybody already knows everybody, and you're preaching yeah. in high school, I felt like, you know, it's my responsibility to be that witness that um, I may be the only Jesus some p- person ever sees. And while that's true, um, the pressure as a 15, 16, 17 year old um, bearing that um, mm. and feeling like, um, that was my responsibility. Um, it just led me to some very unhealthy places, um, uh, in, in the way I performed the way I lived. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause really, I think, um, I lost t- contact probably even as a kid who I was because I was so in a small town, so sizing up what was expected of me. And then I morphed into that. Um, uh, and so I lost even an early age, my, my, um, what sense of really what normal was, but um so the whole uh, scandalous grace is is gives us the freedom to really see that we are broken and that we are desperate for a savior and and what's painful as i look back for 30 years uh, to realize that um, I was really living in such a way that the cross was unnecessary because it was all about what I did, mm-hmm. uh, the performance that I was about and the boxes that I was checking. Mm-hmm. And, and really, and we'll unpack this more, but really living as a spiritual orphan mm-hmm. that um, that God had, had done his thing when I was 11 years old. He had given me, it's almost like the, I got the Swiss Army knife when I got saved. <laughs> and, and with the Swiss Army knife, every gadget and gizmo and every attachment that I would ever need to deal with whatever came my yeah. way was there and but it was up to me to figure out how to use it and so when life was coming and i didn't uh maybe handle it correctly i felt like well there's something wrong with me because everybody else around me knows how to use their their attachment so it just led to a a lot of shame that ultimately led me into some very very um, unpleasant and unhappy places
0: when i really feel like you know in the church you know proverbial at large church Mm -hmm. that we do talk a lot about evangelism and that we do need grace to become a believer that he does that work for us and that we have to accept that. And it's a free gift, but then somehow, and and I know it happened for me and I wonder if it happened for y'all and maybe some of our listeners that we don't really preach this from the pulpit, but it's like, we need the grace to get saved Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. the cross is really, really big that day. right? But somehow like your Swiss army knife, Our need for grace should get smaller Mm -hmm. as we walk longer and longer. And wow, what does that set us up for? Mm -hmm. I mean, that is huge the performance, the approval, the work, the shame when I screw up. I Mm -hmm. mean, I just think we're setting people up when we give them that idea that it's, it's an attachment. There is something wrong with you. Well, yes, there's something wrong mm-hmm. with us. We're draped in sin mm-hmm. forever, right. even after salvation, mm-hmm. and we got to learn how to walk this out sure. in a gospel-filled mm-hmm. kind of life. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. so I, so I think that, as sad as it is that you were going through that, I think wow, there's some mm-hmm. people who are going to be listening that mm-hmm. are going to
2: go oh. Yeah, When I think so many women can identify with just the performance treadmill, you know, we get saved. And then, you know, I think Trey and I talk a lot about God's picked us, you know, for his team. And now we're this army. We've just got to do, 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 do. Some of that was tied into my false theology of, I've got to make God proud. I've Mm -hmm. got to, at the end of my life, have him say to me, well done, my good and faithful servant. So that equates, I have got to do, I've got to perform, I've got to get his approval. Mm -hmm. And when you're doing all the time, you see your sin as very small, so... Now I'm seeing my Savior as very small, and there's not a whole lot that's amazing about grace. Yeah. Grace is amazing when I can look at the face of my Father and see Him also see me mm-hmm. and realize how much I need Him. The more uh, I realize my own brokenness and my mm-hmm. own sin and how great He is, and then therefore what He's done through the blood of His, you know. Through the blood of His Son, then grace becomes amazing, and not until then, really. Yeah, the and truth. this is kind of the process of the journey of us really recognizing that. Yeah.
1: yeah. The, um, the tradition I grew up in is, is like you were saying, Heather. Everything was uh, the emphasis was on salvation,
2: mm-hmm. you know, getting
1: people to walk the aisle that yep. moment uh, of conversion, so. which is obviously very important. That justification, Huge. it's, it's
0: life changing. I mean, let's be honest. but, but
1: then wow. it was almost as if sanctification became a thank you the way we lived was our thank you to God mm-hmm. for our justification right. oh yeah so, we even
0: make songs about that that's uh, right no.
1: so what i what i basically was practicing is that i was justified by faith could not earn mm-hmm. that but sanctified by sweat mm-hmm. uh, and striving and and it's just not the gospel. And it took a, an incredibly painful uh, hmm. journey. Um, and and we call it the book that we're writing. We're uh, the working title right now is Our Beautiful Undoing. And it didn't. It, it didn't I can just
0: feel it. Yeah, you know,
1: it didn't feel very beautiful at the hmm. time. It felt very painful, uh, and was very painful. But it took that. Uh, for us to see God's tender mercy and God to really understand Mm -hmm. that it never really was about us. It was what he had done Mm -hmm. uh, for us and that we were desperate for him. Uh, And that we didn't have to have this paradigm of performance where, where God is almost like we're in the, the arena performing and God is an audience. And every day now after our salvation, it's, uh, at the end of every day it's a thumbs up or thumbs down and did, did i do good today daddy and is it give me a thumbs up or did i not do well enough but it's still we're left alone in that mm-hmm. it's up to us to muster the power Ugh. uh to to do that it's, it's us and our best and better choices and And it's all, we kind of dumbed down the Christian life to just a series of behavior. Hmm. And behavior is important, but I'd so focus on the behavior as a moralist that I'd missed what scandalous grace and my need for scandalous grace. Incidentally, uh, for any listeners at the website uh, that you gave, we do have a manifesto uh, on our ministry page that has a little two-minute video that kind of unpacks um, scandalous grace. And each of those quotes in the front of that video are actually quotes from men in our, and women in our um, in our ministry. Uh, and some of your listeners may be able to relate to some of those quotes.
0: Mm-hmm. I just think that's really great because there's so many of us who, you know, we're in good churches. Everybody's got a good church, and mm-hmm. you feel really, really good there. Um, but we get into um, the gospel being presented the same way over and over and over. And I just love to hear it a different way mm-hmm. you know because it's not a new gospel it's just there's that different tinge mm-hmm. and the church that y'all are a part of I just absolutely love mm-hmm. I love it and I love your pastor and and his explanation of grace mm-hmm. and this dance that you're in with God yeah. it is just such a beautiful picture of how intimate God wants to be with us and he's not distant and he's mm-hmm. not asking us to do something alone mm-hmm. we're to follow him and he's leading and, and it's just a beautiful thing and so I, I do Want us to go a little bit deeper on that moralist thing, but mm-hmm. but I want you to continue to tell me a little bit more about like how did you pick Route 1520? Where did that come from? Because mm-hmm. um, I, I bet there's a story behind that.
1: There is. Um, Route 1520 comes from uh, the parable of the two sons in Luke 15. Oh. Uh, okay. Luke Luke 1520 is um, the passage where the prodigal decides to come home, and and we use that um, that parable um, of Christ. Uh, as the backdrop, really, it's the backdrop for our story, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, but it's the backdrop for uh, most uh, everyone's story um, because we're we've discovered that we're rebelling in one or two ways. Uh, we can rebel by being very very good, mm-hmm. as the elder brother was, or we can rebel by being very very bad. Um, and unfortunately, so many in the church, we feel like we need it's an us versus them type thing. And so, um, for most churches, for many churches, unfortunately. Um, we define discipleship as turning prodigals into elder brothers. Hmm. And and that Ugh. is, and, yeah, and that's unfortunately, um, you know, what's happening. But what we're about with our ministry, and, and our ministry is is around addiction and specifically sex and pornography addiction, which is a big part of our story that you'll hear about in, in, a, in a bit. Um, but God, is only God can do is taking that issue that is an epidemic uh, in our culture And he's using that to expose the moralism and behavioralism that is so rampant in the church. And what we're seeing is many women coming out of that desperate need for help with big sin that's messy and it's, it's just chaotic, but God is using that to lovingly introduce them to the real gospel. That definitely was our story. Our story of reconciliation is an elder brother and a prodigal, uh, after divorce for six years, journeying alone to a deeper understanding of the Father's scandalous love toward them. And it was that discovery in our individual paths to that understanding that ultimately one day our, our paths crossed and we, um, and we came back together. So that's that's ultimately where Route 1520 came from. And, you know, um, f- for some of us,
0: we've, we've read that story mm-hmm. over and over again and lamented that we were one or the other You know, brother. But for those of us who maybe aren't as familiar with that story, I just kind of want us to go back over Mm -hmm. that story. So, if I remember correctly, Mm -hmm. there's a father Mm -hmm. who's pretty well off, Mm -hmm. and he has a a pretty lavish estate, and he has these two sons. And the um, the elder son, you know, in that day would get like a double portion mm-hmm. at inheritance time. But inheritance time was like when you were dead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so the younger brother, if I'm right, the younger brother goes to the father while the father's still alive and says, hey, just give me my half. Mm-hmm. I just want mine now. Basically,
1: I, I wish you were dead.
0: Which in that time was yep. like saying that. Right. Yep. OK, so he like goes to the father and he says, mm-hmm. give me everything that I'm due
1: mm-hmm.
0: because I'm your son. I mm-hmm. want it now. Mm -hmm. And he goes off and he squanders it, Mm -hmm. you know, lives large, lavishly, throws around his money, uses it on women, Mm -hmm. buys really good stuff, da-da-da-da-da, gets himself into financial ruin. Mm -hmm. So not only did he squander everything he had, but then he gets into debt Mm -hmm. to the point of having to work it off as uh, a paid hand Mm -hmm. in a pig pen Mm -hmm. is the picture, right? So he gets into this pig pen and he's in there and it's dirty and it's nasty. And I love what it says. It says, and he came to his senses Mm -hmm. and realized that even the servants Mm -hmm. in his father's house Mm -hmm. had it better than he did. Mm -hmm. And I love that picture. Mm -hmm. You know, it just endears you to that prodigal Mm -hmm. because his heart just opens up so big. And he comes back and it says, I'm going to go back. And I'm just going to ask my father to be a slave in his Mm -hmm. household. Mm -hmm because that's better than where I am. Mm -hmm. So the next thing, and I love this, these are like the best words for me. And it says, And while the sun was a long way off... The father ran out to him. So it's like this picture of the dad on the front porch, you Mm -hmm. know, those huge southern homes Mm -hmm. with those great porches. I just picture that. I'm I'm sure it's not right, but I just picture that Mm -hmm. and seeing his son at the end of the long driveway and he just runs out to him. And not only does he run out, he like takes his robe off Mm -hmm. and he puts it on him and he says, okay, let's kill the fatted calf. Let's have a party because my son who was dead is now back. I mean, like this is the story, right? Well, and back then, the father wasn't even supposed to run to the no, son. No, because like, he was supposed to have written him off as dead. Mm-hmm. Like That's a major disgrace. You just want what I have, and you don't want me? You don't want relationship? Well, mm-hmm. hello, isn't that like a, a big story of our God, right? Mm-hmm. You want us? Yeah. You want me or the gifts? Mm-hmm. But anyway, so let's not get ahead. So then he like tells all his servants to go do this, and then the elder brother comes in. Mm-hmm. And it's like I can just almost hear the like music get real ominous of, yeah. What? Mm-hmm. And you just hear that tone. You know, I got multiple kids. I yeah. know. When one kid gets something that the other one feels like is theirs, yeah. you just did what? That's right. You this. decided that you're going to give him a fatted cat. I've not even gotten like a goat. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. like, really? I don't even get like a little feast. And you can just see this jealousy. You can see this um, rivalry mm-hmm. between the two. Instead mm-hmm. of between the father and son, mm-hmm. it's between the two. And Gosh, is that not a story of us, right? Okay. So then this older son, you're looking at him and the father looks and says, but I would have gladly mm-hmm. given you this. You've been here with me this whole time, mm-hmm. but the one who was dead has come back yeah. and he never got it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like the tragedy of that story is, you know, we always talk about it as the prodigal son, mm-hmm. but you know, in my Bible, the little heading above that story says the other, son. Yeah. Right. Doesn't say the prodigal. So for me, I mean, how much worse? I mean, the prodigal at least gets to the point and he sees that father and makes the realization of, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. it's even better to be a slave mm-hmm. in his house. Mm-hmm. But the elder brother, who was never gone, doesn't understand what mm-hmm. he had along. That's where I think that moralist thing that you're talking mm-hmm. about. It's like, we've been here all this time in the church and we missed Intimacy, because yeah. I was performing my way, and never felt. Oh my gosh! Does your heart just not break? Yeah. Yes. And it, we
1: we get like that yeah. elder brother because it's like um, the elder brother's heart was. I've been here. You owe me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I've done. I've checked off all the boxes. I've right, been faithful. Right, right. I didn't go off and squander the inheritance. I've done my part. Now you do yours. Yep. You owe me. This if is my.
2: I do this, then right. you owe me.
1: That's blind. right. And that's they're the both moralism. entitled. Yeah.
2: And they both don't believe the heart of the father.
1: You know, there's oh, un- there's
2: both unbelief on both sides. And both
0: live in as orphans. Absolutely. Right. When they've got the lavish love
2: of a father who would give and not get the relationship that right. he ultimately desires. That's right. And when trays and, and my stuff hit the ceiling, I sat in a counselor's office, basically said the exact words of the elder brother. Look at all I've done. I've been a great wife. I have been a good mother. I've been you know, try to be the best Christian possible. How could this happen to me? And she said, really? You don't think that Satan is like a roaring lion and somehow you're going to get missed. But I mean, the exact words of the yellow brother, how yeah. could he do this to me?
0: Yeah. Oh, Melody, you, totally mean, you are totally so not alone. Because so many times as women, I mean, let's just be honest, as women, we think, Oh, poor, pitiful me. Mm-hmm. How did this happen to me? I was doing this and this and this and this mm-hmm. and this. And my checklist looks great. And I'm this wonderful little, you know, suburban. I'm doing, you know, the house. i got all these kids We're doing Mother's Day out. I'm singing in mm-hmm. church. I'm doing my Bible studies. Why? Why me? Mm-hmm. And I think the Lord says, yes, you. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's It's for you. Because I want more with you. Absolutely. I love you
2: enough to take you down this
0: path. Oh, and how many times have you heard that? The safest place to be is in the middle of God's Mm -hmm. will. No, it's really not. Because God really is going to do a work on you Mm -hmm. and break you to like woo you closer. So I just, I love this picture you guys are painting. So we've introduced scandalous grace, which is that father running out. Mm -hmm. When you're still a long way off, which, gosh, I just love that. For those Mm -hmm. of us who've ever strayed, let's Mm -hmm. just be honest, the phrase, while you were a long way off, Mm. is such
1: hope. Well, think about that. With the view that we have of God in our moralistic paradigm is that that story would have read this way. And when he was a long way off, he crossed his arm and said, he's got a lot of explaining to do. (laughs) And there would have been about a year at least for Mm -hmm. the father to observe the prodigal's behavior because he had to make sure he was truly repentant.
0: Oh, and I love that Uh, word from mm -hmm. the wrong person's mouth.
1: (laughs) That's right. Exactly. So we've got... So, so and and we're also uh, back to the whole scandalous grace. Yeah. We're very stingy with grace mm. because we're afraid somebody's going to abuse grace. That's As right. if it's our if if like if we give grace to somebody and they abuse it, it's back on us. And so we <laughs> want to be very very stingy. Um, <laughs> it's God's grace. God's grace. It's all about His grace. Oh. And that's where I had missed. I thought grace was salvation. Uh, and every one of our meetings, every Monday night, we read Titus two eleven through fifteen. Mm. And Titus two says that it's grace that saves but it's also mm-hmm. grace that trains us to live godly lives. Yes. It's all his grace. Oh. It's not grace to save us and then it's up to us through sweat and discipline and striving now to get our act together as orphans, as beloved sons and daughters. It's all about his grace. He is changing us.
2: Well, and and, see, and back to the legalist, oh, yeah. I'm okay with a father running toward me when I've done things because oh, yeah. I'm okay with that. But how exposing when the when the father runs to me And I can't show anything that I've done.
0: Yeah. Like that's what I think sometimes when we just rush through scripture, we miss that. But I mean, the dude came out of a pig pen, is what my mama would call it a pigsty. And he was still smelling. He came out of a pigsty. There's no way the dude was clean. Mm -hmm. There's no way that he looked like he did when he left. And the father didn't care. Mm -hmm. He, he wrapped that righteous robe around him, which I think is the picture that we miss when That's we right. just rush through that.
2: Well, and also, the prodigal entered into the feast with a father. It never says anything about the elder brother entering into the feast. We don't even feast. know. That's right. right. We
0: don't even know if he could sit he by his brother not and accept him in. That's right. Mm. Oh! Yeah.
1: But what a picture of the father is that, that we miss. It's about his scandalous love toward us, mm-hmm. whether we're rebelling oh. by being very good or rebelling by being very bad, both there, because it's not about what we've done. It's mm-hmm. his love there. Again, even reeking of a pig pen, he's kissing him. He's hugging him. He's, he's throwing a Gets party in for him. Gives him the ring, right? Doesn't he give him mm-hmm. the ring too? He does. absolutely.
0: Oh, which is the crest of the family. Mm-hmm. I mean, come on, you just got to love that. I mean, you're getting God, you're getting the Father, you're getting the gifts, you're getting the love, acceptance immediately.
1: Yeah, But how often do we see God that we've got to somehow clean it up Mm -hmm, before -hmm. God can accept us Oh, if I could
0: only say that. When I sin, I feel like there's this um, cooling off period. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, (laughs) Mm -hmm. okay, well, I know I just blow it, so I can't really talk to God about it. At least I need to lament and... um, Mm -hmm torture myself for maybe an hour or two and That's then true. I can tell him that I screwed up
2: mm-hmm.
1: well and that Why? was a part of my bad theology uh, frankly um, I had heard all growing up that our sin separates us from God mm-hmm. and that is true heard of a non-believer um, our sin does separate so I kind of had this picture of this mountain of sin between me and God and time I blew it then then God was now removed and then as an orphan it was up to me to figure out, again, back to my Swiss Army knife, I had to figure out how to scale this mountain of sin. Because I desperately wanted to get to God, but I had to figure out how to go around it, through it, over it. Mm-hmm. But in the meantime, when the pain of life would come, and, and it happened to be in one of those moments that God was distant because yeah. of my sin, the only thing I was left with was my own coping mechanism. In my case, I was exposed to pornography when I was eight years old. And that was what I ran to, yeah. to numb the pain mm-hmm. and to and to feel better. And th- what's true is that our uh, scripture says, our life is now hidden with Christ in God. Amen. He has mm-hmm. come to our side of the mountain. Yes. So if we're in Christ, it is not true that our sin separates Amen. us from God, that God is dealing with the sin problem. And what that does for us, for 30 years, I tried to minimize my sin. -hmm. For a couple of reasons. One, I had to convince myself it was possible to get over, around, and through it to get to God. Yeah. But when I finally realized that it was. My role was surrender—to <laughs> let God do what He Ooh, wanted to do. We don't do. use yes. that word very much. Uh-uh.
0: Surrender. So
1: now He's doing it. Mm-hmm. So now I'm free to admit how big this mountain really is. That's right. I don't have to minimize my sin. Oh, and then amen. passages of Paul boasting in weakness, uh, when he ta- at the end of his ministry, not at the beginning, but at the end of his ministry, he calls himself the chief of sinners. Mm-hmm. You know, those kind of things now begin to make sense because Paul knew it wasn't about. The more you walk with God, the less you become a sinner. No, the oh. more we walk with the Father, the more we see our sin. Oh, I mm-hmm. totally
0: believe that. That is that is probably like if I could have one of those soapbox moments mm-hmm. in the church when I talk to women, it just blows my mind. It's like, um, and, and for me, it's this picture in Isaiah 6 of, um, you know, they see the Father. He sees mm-hmm. God the Father in the robe, and you remember the, the power mm-hmm. of that, and it shakes the whole temple, and he sees the holiness of God, and then he goes, oh immediately. Yeah. Reflection, <laughs> mm-hmm. woe is me, I'm ruined. Right. And and you see that and you think, okay, gosh, that's salvation. That's that moment of salvation. And who will go for us and who will I send? Okay, well, that's us. That's our life. And then all of a sudden somehow that gets smaller mm-hmm. and I don't need grace as much. That's ridiculous. Yeah. The more I learn about God, the more the mirror should show me my that's right. sin that's right. and should show me my depravity and should show me my need for the cross. That's that's right. I mean, hello, I get into that whole moment of Galatians, the biggest rebuke in all of... The New Testament where he says, You foolish Galatians who's bewitched you before your very eyes was Christ out portrayed as publicly crucified. Right. Just want to know one thing from you. After having started this by faith, do you think that you can fulfill mm-hmm. this through your mm-hmm. works? Right. <gasps> that yeah. was like the first eight years of my Christian walk was yeah. thank you for salvation, tag team. I got it. That's right. Mm-hmm. I'll take it from mm-hmm. here. And because yep.
1: we thought that's our responsibility. And that yeah. is so
0: not the picture of grace. That's no. like taking grace to get me to to eternal life, but then mm-hmm. losing that's abundant. Right life here and the picture of what I can show someone else mm-hmm. so that they would want Christ right.
1: right well you mentioned Ugh. Yeah, you mentioned our church and one of the first things I heard um, our pastor say when I landed there and this is when I landed at um, our church uh, 2002 um, it was so bad that my former pastor had called my current pastor warning him that I was coming um, he's like you've got a real center uh, here and, and frankly I <laughs> as believe opposed that.
0: to the Fake yeah. ones that he's going to sit right. beside. Yeah.
1: Well, and, and honestly, I believe that. In my shame and the way I was beating myself, I really believe I that. Oh, I
0: love that. Yeah.
1: But what, what I began to hear, though, is we um, we need to preach the gospel to ourselves daily. And that at first, I didn't really know how to handle that because, again, in my tradition, the gospel was for lost people. I became a Christian when I was 11. So I didn't really at first understand what he was saying, how I today needed the gospel. But it was because of this whole warped paradigm that I had that that I, the more I see my sin, the more I need to remember and believe afresh the truth of the gospel, that it's not about behavior. It's not about what I do or don't do. It's about about, believing. It's about my standing in Christ, that Mm -hmm. I am his beloved. Mm -hmm. He is already smiling. I spent 30 years desperately trying to make God smile. And every time I didn't, I felt like I messed up. He's frowning. He's disappointed. He's distant. I would run to uh, the self-fulfilling prophecy, and it became a downward spiral. But now obedience flows out of his smile, that he is mm-hmm, smiling. And mm-hmm. because of that, as a result of that, now I live an obedient life. As, I mean, when I don't, that there's there's repentance, and there's now new appropriation of what happened there at the cross, that it was about what he had done for me.
2: Well, and I think, too— I had never I had never really gotten my head around what I believe is how I behave. Ugh, and so huge. what when whatever I run to for rescue or anything like that, I never equated unbelief to sin ever. So uh, it kind of it kind of yes. separates there. And so now when I do run to those things and when the Holy Spirit reminds me of what I'm running to rescue instead of the Father, I don't have to self-loathe and beat myself up. I simply can repent, go back to believing who I am in Christ and whose I am, and then begin fighting to continue to believe the gospel, fighting to flesh it out. And so it, it's almost like I think our pastor talks about the dance, the waltz, repent, believe, and fight, repent, believe, and fight. And that's really where I live, You know, reminding myself that I'm his beloved and being able to believe that and fight well. I just I think that is such
0: a beautiful picture. And um, also in the, the time that I was struggling um, in my first marriage and, and really trying to learn about mm. preaching the gospel to myself yes. daily mm-hmm. as a Christ follower. Mm-hmm. Um, like Trey was saying, you, you don't just need the gospel for right. salvation. Mm-hmm. There is no hope in having an intimacy, a walk with God a dance right? Um, like your pastor talks about and I just love that yeah. picture I'm telling you it is mm-hmm. so powerful right. but there, there's no way to do that and ever turn back and say I got this that's mm-hmm. right. there's no way that's right. and I think that's that dependency mm-hmm. you know when you're talking about Paul talking about his self sufficiency and mm-hmm. learning that Christ is sufficient mm-hmm. and through my weaknesses I show his strength and all the more gladly I'm going to boast about my weaknesses mm-hmm. uh, what? Yeah. Huh? I spent the first 10 years of my Christian walk trying to look like I had it all together. Absolutely. Building. So Mm -hmm. um, I'm really excited about how this conversation is starting Mm -hmm. to to take shape. Um, I'm so glad y'all have joined us today. This is the first installment of a series with Trey and Melody Lovern. They are with Route 1520, and it is the Journey Home. Their website is www.route.com. 1520.com and um, this has been an interesting talk about scandalous love scandalous grace Mm. preaching the gospel to yourself every day as a believer um, introducing this concept of sin being like a mountain in a believer's life that how do we traverse that Mm. is it God coming through the mountain Uh, is he removing the mountain how does he do it so I'm really looking forward to this next segment Um, I really do I want y'all to get into um, your story in this mm-hmm. next segment and really talk about, you know, separately together as a married mm-hmm. couple, what was going on? Unbelief. Uh, we've heard Trey allude to a little bit about um, coping mechanisms and looking at pornography and an addiction mm-hmm. to that and what that could look like. And um, I, I know people, they kind of in the church whisper the word mm-hmm. porn,
2: yeah. mm-hmm. you know,
0: it's almost like prison. You know, yeah, yeah. but um, I really think this is one of those words we need to take it out of the dark yeah. and mm-hmm. we need to put it right into the light because Satan doesn't want that. He doesn't want the power of God's revealing redemption mm-hmm. on this because mm-hmm. porn is no different than anything else. It could be food, mm-hmm. right? It could be. Shopping therapy, yes, it could be getting your nails done. Right. sin is sin when it's something that we go after instead of running to God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how God um, allowed a coping mechanism to take hold as a stronghold in your life and and what he's done through it so um y'all come back and join me again um it has been my pleasure to have trey and melody and and i hope you've um, gotten some hope out of this this is our god y'all he really does want to walk through this dance of life um it is repentance and believing and fighting for what he's given us and not letting it be stolen from us or destroyed um or tainted and thrown into a corner by our enemy um So come back next week, and I hope you guys um, get some hope out of this from Trey and Melody Lover at Route1520.com. Thanks. Thanks for having us.